Good afternoon and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to live from your true self through all of life's twists and turns. And you'll be challenged to lean into the mysteries of life to find your own deepest wisdom. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon and welcome to the Authentic Living Show. Today we're talking about the oneness that we can find in our very division. So we hear it every day now on the news. We see it on our social media sites. It's literally everywhere. We are a divided nation. So divided are we that we have two different realities, or so it seems. One media gives us one form of reality, and all the other medias give us an entirely different form of reality. This has made it possible for the people on both sides of the divide to call the other sides liars and absolutely believe that they're telling the truth. And there's hate on either side of this divide. So how will we ever get beyond it? Well, first, we absolutely need leadership that does not promote the divide, but encourages our oneness. Hopefully, we will get that leadership in a few weeks. But beyond that, there is much to be seen in the oneness that is a critical and deeply spiritual element of even our very division. Today, we're going to locate and elucidate that oneness during this show. Stay here for it. So let's talk about this division for a minute. What is division? Well, the first thing division is, is the belief that we can be divided. The first thing that division is, is the belief that we are not really one, that we are a, a separate entity with no strings attached to other people except those we create by making friends with them or have being family with them. We, we don't have any other association with people. We could, certainly can't be one with them. That's just ridiculous. How can we be one? My flesh and blood can't merge with your flesh and blood. That's just ridiculous. And that's what most of us have been taught to believe. So our division comes first from that belief. And that belief started centuries and centuries and centuries, eons even ago, when at the very beginning of our time to here on earth, when we decided that we were separate from the divine. And there's a whole story in the Garden of Eden, that uh, that's a metaphor for lots of different things. And, and, and whether you actually are a Christian or a Jewish or even believe that the Garden of Eden of tr- is true, there is a metaphor there that is distinctive for us. And if we look at the root language, the metaphor is even clearer that, uh, that what's being referred to there is the actual first place where we be- fell into the duality transplant state. We fell into a duality trance state. We hypnotized ourselves into believing a lie. And the lie that was was that we were divided. The lie was that we are not one with the divine. We're not one with each other. We're not one with animals. We're not one with creatures of the earth. We're not one with with the vegetation of the earth. We're not run with the rocks in this matter of earth matter. We're just not one. There's no way. We're just separate and alone. We go through it. We come here alone and we leave here alone. And that's that. And if we manage to make a few connections in between, well, that's great. But otherwise, we're alone. Yeah. So that 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 idea started centuries ago when uh, the metaphorical Eve, who was the first of all womankind or the feminine archetype of the mind, not just woman, female, but the feminine archetype that Carl Jung talks about when he says that we have a part of us that's receptive and, and internal and internalizes things. 
and that part of us is feminine, and we have a part of us that's masculine in the sense that it's an archetype, not of the masculine person, the, not the male gender, but the masculine archetype that says that there's also a part of us that needs to go outside of us and express things externally. And so we have a part that wants to receive and a part that wants to give. And um, that's, that's, we need both of those two things. We need both of them in equal amounts. And so when we are, um, when we are, when we first got here as a species, that those two archetypes were there. The masculine uh, expression, the manifestation on, on planet Earth was created first because it was a, an, uh, an expression of the divine intelligence. So it was created first. And then from that, we began to look inside of ourselves. And that's the creation of the feminine. And so then the feminine, because it's exploring the inside, wants to explore and wants to find out and wants to understand and wants to receive. And so she ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And that was the split. That was when she decided to ex- indulge in the experiment that is the par- a part of the creation of planet Earth. The, and the indulgence was, I'm going to go ahead and, and do this experiment. We're here. We're going to find out what that's all about. And we have to explore all the possibilities inherent in being here for us to really fully finish creation. And the possibilities were, one of the possibilities was that the creation could be separate from its creator. And so we began to live into that possibility, and we began to explore it. And the more we explored it, the more we identified with it. And the more we identified with it, the more we were hypnotized by it. And the more we were hypnotized by it, the more we lived into it. And it kept going that way forever. And so now we have come to this place in history where people are beginning to question that. People are beginning to say, no, we really are one, even while we are also in this massive division nationally in the United States and possibly around the world. So uh, we say this division is about race, it's about gender, it's about um, misogyny, it's about power, it's about who has power and who doesn't, it's about who has money and who doesn't, it's about uh, whether or not the people that are powerful even care about the people that don't have money or uh, um, and, and, and want, even want them to die out, wants to take away their health care and and say, just go ahead and die. We don't care about you. We, we want to populate the earth with rich people. We don't care about poor people. Um, that's the kind of division we're having right now. And that the division starts first with the belief in duality. Second, it starts with the belief that difference means that we're not, we, we can't be connected. If, if you're black and I'm white, then we can't be connected. And in fact, the white race has dominated, um, and I don't know why we have managed to be the dominant race, but we have. We have dominated Asians, we have dominated um, Native Americans, we have dominated uh, uh, endogenous people of all countries, we have uh, dominated black people, we have dominated brown people, we have just been dominant. And somehow we have believed that that's the right thing to do because those people are different and we're somehow better than them. And that's, that's what's created a lot of the division. 
plus the fact that we already believe that we're separate from the divine and separate from each other. And so, uh, so you add that division to the other division that's already there, inherent in the duality trance state, and you get a mighty division. So it's racial. It's also gender. It's also men who think that they're supposed to have power over women, not just over women's bodies, but over women's income, over women's uh, status in the world, over women's employment, over whether or not they get paid equally to the same job they do as a man. Uh, uh, these are all issues of division. And they are saying to us that you're different, therefore I have bigger power than you and I can dominate you. And so the white male uh, species has decided that it's in control of all other races and all other genders. And therefore, they get all the power, they get all the money, they get all the time, they get all the energy, and the rest of us are struggling to have our share. And that's because of the original duality trans state. You know, uh, we think about, you know, a lot of these people that are uh, all about dominance are expressing themselves as evangelical Christians who say that um, they love Jesus. And yet who they love is a person of Mideastern uh, birth. And um, he is uh, a person who really broke the laws over and over again about the Sabbath and told the Pharisees and, uh, and the Sadducees that they were uh, they were wrong. And actually on the uh, Sermon on the Mount has nothing to do with rules and laws, although that's the way it's been interpreted. It has everything to do with saying, but you're, the law says this, but I say this. The law says obey this external command, and I say look inside yourself and see what's going on in there. So he was promoting the feminine aspect of the psychological beingness of humans. And that, uh, that feminine aspect is a part of what we need to, to gather today so that we can do away with division and begin to become, understand our oneness again. And we'll talk some more about that after a, a little while later. Um, so our division is um, it's not just political. Uh, people say, well, if you're on, uh, for Trump, then you're, uh, you think this way. And if you're for Biden, you think this way. But that's actually not true. What's actually true is there was a lot of racism before Trump ever came around. There was a lot of misogyny before Trump ever came around. There was a lot of that kind of division going on in the shadow of, of American consciousness. And that shadow thing is going to be very important to us being able to find our oneness in division. And we'll be talking about that in a little bit, too, as well. So stay tuned for that. But that shadow was we operated kind of under the covers. Um, and and we, we hung black people in the middle of the night, not in the broad daylight, in the middle of the night. We put crosses on people's uh, front lawns in the middle of the night. We did these things with hoods over our heads because we didn't want people to know who we were. That is shadow work for sure. That is, I'm going to do this, but I'm not going to let myself or anyone else know that I'm doing it. That's shadow work. And so that's the kind, that's an extreme example, of course, but it, it was going on all the time in America. It hasn't gone away. It's just gone underground. And so uh, we, 
we are now having to look at that again and go, oh my God, that's still there? Really? We, we thought we'd made that go away. And then we all watched George Floyd, Floyd die. We watched him die with a, with a white police officer's knee on his neck, pleading for his mother, pleading to get a please get off. We watched that happen. All of us in America watched it. And we all said, oh my God, there's racism in America still. And then we've seen things about Breonna Taylor and several other people that we could mention, a long list of people that have been killed or uh, uh, by police officers who are white, who think they're doing the right thing by taking power over a black person instead of treating them just like they would treat a white person. I used to know someone who was a police officer who used his billy club and he called it an inward club because he said he used it to hit, hit inwards in the head. This was many, many years ago. This was 40 years ago. But that was uh, somebody that I, I, I did not like and did not want to be around, but definitely somebody I knew. And uh, that kind of stuff has been going on for centuries. And we've, we've pretended it out of our consciousness, and we've said to ourselves that we are the land of the free and the home of the brave. We are the people who don't have, we have equality among all of our people. All of the people in America are equal while we're treating black people as so different that we would kill them in the middle of the night just because of their color. Um, and uh, the same for brown people. Uh, Mr. Trump called uh, brown people rapists and thugs. They're, that meant the whole race was racist and thugs and uh, rapists. I'm sorry, rapists and thugs, and they, um, and of course that's not true. But that's the way a lot of people think of brown people that are coming into America to find a place, safe place to live, just to get away of a, uh, out of a country where they can't live in safety. And so we 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 are saying these things out loud now. Things that used to be said in the dark of night. Now we're saying them out loud. And that's really the only difference that people have come out of the shadows and they've said, let's do this in the broad daylight. I remember one time when I got robbed, uh, my house got robbed. I came home from work sick one day around 10 o'clock in the morning and I walked into my house and I saw the robber running out the back door with my TV in his hand. And he ran down the back porch. I went running after him for a second, which was probably pretty foolish. But I ran after him for a second, and I, and I um, watched him. I didn't say anything, but I watched him run down the steps of my back porch and down across my backyard and leapt over the fence in my backyard to get to a car that was waiting in the alleyway. And he stuffed the TV in the trunk and got in the car and ran off. And, of course, nobody ever found my belongings um, what was surprising to me about that was not that it happened so much as that it happened in broad daylight. And of course, after that, I got an alarm system for my house that was very loud. It was one of those alarms that announced burglary, burglary, <laughs> you know, uh, out to the neighborhood. So um, nobody ever robbed me again after that. But the, the, the surprise was that it happened in broad daylight. And they broke in my front door, not my back door, my front door. 
And they just walked up on my porch, broke in my front door, went in there and took a bunch of stuff and ran out the back door and put it in their car and took off. That's the way we're doing it now. Now, instead of hanging people in the middle of the night, we're killing them in broad daylight on video. So that's the difference, and that's the only difference. But America, the white people of America, are beginning now to wake up. For the first time, we're beginning to go, oh, my God, I think we have a problem with racism in America. We didn't know that. I hear so many white people saying, I just never knew. I never knew how bad it was. And, uh, and yet it's been terrible. It's been terrible all along. Black people, every black person I know has told me some stories from their, per- from their past about having been abused or mistreated by white people. Every black person I know, that's how bad it is in this country. And so we have a real problem with that. And yet we're just now waking up to it. Why? Because we're waking up to the fact that we have a shadow. We're turning around and looking at our shadow behind us and we're going, oh my God, there's a shadow back there. I didn't know I was making a shadow, but I was making a shadow because I was pushing all that stuff out of my consciousness. I was pretending to myself that it didn't exist. And now I can see that it exists. And that is the first step to uniting ourselves again in the oneness that is the truth of who we actually are. That is the first step. So we've, we're making that first step now. And that is very, very important for us to do. And the next step is for us to get leadership that reflects the fact that we have a shadow and that needs to be dealt with. Hopefully we will do that in a couple of weeks. And once that is done, then we can implement standards and laws and, and behaviors that that change us into the people we actually are in oneness. And we're going to talk about that some more right after the break. Let's talk a little bit about what oneness is. And before I go this time, I want to say that in next week, the 28th, Caroline Mice is going to be on the show. So you want to be here for that. And we'll be back in just a minute after the break. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Life-changing events can have positive and or negative repercussions. When they happen, they can feel elating or devastating to those affected. It can also get in the way of your personal and professional life. On Life-Altering Events with host Frank Zakari, we examine the scope of these events and discuss how to move forward in the wake of the opportunities presented. It's never too late to get started or pick up the pieces and move forward. Listen Tuesdays at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Our thoughts and feelings not only affect our own lives, but the lives of everyone around us. Find new meanings of love, authentic expressions, and better connections with the people in your life. Tune in to Love Light with Dr. Jean Marie Farish. This program will feature guests and discuss ideas that will bring a better life to you. When you find this perspective on love, it will change everything. Listen live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now toll-free, 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthews.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back talking today about the oneness we find in division. So what we've done in the first segment is describe the division that started centuries ago when we began with the duality trans-state and moved it up to today when we can see division in our racism, in our misogyny, in our political divide, and all of that. And uh, we, began, we began to see that as the shadow of American consciousness where we saw that uh, we've always had these things, we've always had these divides, but now we're doing it in the daylight and people can see it. And it's become apparent that we have a problem with racism and misogyny and religious bias and homophobia and all kinds of things like that that we are divided about. And uh, ethnic uh, bias and all kinds of things that we're divided about. So now we want to look at what oneness is. So Oneness is the baseline of who we all are. Oneness is the deepest essential element of, of your character, where you are united completely with the divine and with each other and with all of nature and with all the universe. There is no separation. There's no such thing as separation. And in fact, even in Christian texts where they would say, no, we are divided and each man has to decide for himself whether or not he's going to accept Jesus Christ as personal Lord and Savior. That's what they would say. Even in those texts, it tells us that there is no such thing as separation from the love of Christ. There's no such thing as separation. And in the Jewish Tanakh and the Old Testament of the Christian Bible, it says the same thing. It says, I can even go down to hell. And even there, I find God. So what we're saying here is that there is no divide. There's no such thing as separation. We just think there is. And it's an illusion that we've been believing in since the beginning of time. And that illusion has kept us, uh, pushed us to make further and further and further and further divisions based on gender and race and ethnicity and sexuality and religion and all kinds of other things. And so we have said, we have to keep those Muslims out of the country, and we have to uh, make us to make the America a Christian nation. That's what we started out doing when we said the Native Americans had to be killed because they were not Christian. We started out saying, "You're not Christian, therefore I have to kill you." Where that comes from in any kind of biblical text, I can't find it. There's nothing in the New Testament that says if you're not a Christian, if you meet someone who's not a Christian living on the land you would like to live on, kill them. It doesn't say that anywhere. But somehow we've said, oh, well, that's okay for us to do that. And it must be a Christian thing to do, which is not anywhere in the texts. So uh, what we find is that is that we are biased against people of different religions. And we are there are many people out there today saying we need to make America into a Christian nation, into a theocracy. 
which is no different than Islam making uh, a country into its its um, progenitor. So we we want to um, do something like they're doing and then blame them for doing it. That's a kind of insanity as well. So when we say um, that we want oneness, what we're talking about is uh, the spirit of within us. We have to go inside within us to find oneness, which is a paradox because you'd think if you were one, you'd be able to find it outside of yourself. But no, you find it inside yourself. You have to use the feminine archetype to find oneness. You find it inside yourself when you meditate. You connect to the deeper part of yourself and all of a sudden you have this unitive experience where you understand that everything is one. And you can see it crystal clear in your meditation. But then you come out of your meditation and that kind of feeling is gone. What you've done is you've gone down to the deepest core essence of who you are in your meditation and you found the raw truth. But, it, but we don't want to stay there. We don't want to stay in that raw truth. We want to leave it behind and say, well, that was a religious experience, but the real truth is that, of course, we were separate. Of course, we divided. That's not true. That's the illusion. And so oneness is the light at the center of your being. Oneness is, is, can be demonstrated by the fact that you can see someone hurt on TV and begin to cry for them. You're carrying their pain. That's your oneness. Oneness can be seen by uh, the fact that we can empathize with people in another nation who are troubled about something, and, and we can empathize with them. We see starving children on the TV, and we want to feed them. That's oneness. That's our empathy that is made of oneness. Oneness uh, is located within you and, and without you, but you find it within you. And it's elucidated by the fact that we can feel it, we can know it, we can experience it. In every religion, every religion, the research has shown that everyone who has a mystical experience, regardless of religion, has the same exact kind of religious experience. They might attribute it to Jesus or they might attribute it to Buddha, or they might attribute it to uh, to Muhammad, they might attribute it to a very a different people. But uh, the truth is that it's they're having what's called a unitive experience. They're united with everyone else on planet Earth, everything else on planet Earth, and everything in the universe. And you can feel it, and they experience it. So those unitive experiences explain who we are. Now, when it comes to science, I believe that there's going to come a time when they'll be able to measure that. There's already a time when people can measure how deep you're going into meditation with various machines. I've had that done on me. Um, One of the uh, years ago, we meditated in a meditation class, and the leader of the class would hook us up to a machine that could tell how far we went into depth meditation. And um, so we, there's already machines that can measure that. Um, I believe there's going to come a time when, there, when we will be able to measure how far we understand the unitive experience that's come over us when we meditate. And then we'll be able to see it scientifically as well. But right now, the only way we can see it is by meditating, by reading sacred material, by walking in nature, 
by um, um, being present with ourselves and paying attention to what's going on inside of us. These are the ways that we begin to understand oneness as a true, as the final, ultimate truth of our, of our lives. We are one with every person, black, white, brown, Asian, uh, endogenous, whatever the case, uh, Middle Eastern, uh, whatever the case, we are one with those people. We are one with every person, including homosexuals. The people out there right now who are listening to me who hate Trump are one with Trump. You are one with him. Therefore, in your prayers, you can actually um, facilitate a transformation of his energy. Not, Not my magic. I'm not saying you can get in there and take control of him. That's not what I'm saying. But you can offer that transformation to his spirit through the power of your oneness. You can do that. You have that power. I have that power. We all have that power. And he has that power. He can use his bias and his racism and his uh, misogyny and all of that to get into your head and convince you that his way of doing things is the only way to do it. That white supremacy is truth. That... uh, American Indians should be um, starved and left on a reservation. That black people should be left in poverty. That brown people should leave the leave the United States. Yeah, this is this is what we what the that kind of influence can say, and you can believe it because you're one with him. So that oneness allows us to influence each other in both positive and negative ways. Uh, But the truth of oneness is that it's made up of love. The truth of oneness is everything in the universe falls down to to love. Everything, what we consider to be bad and what we consider to be good, ultimately serves the final principle of evolving us into awareness of who we are as divine beings. We are becoming more and more aware of who we are as divine beings over the centuries. And that's why we've become a little bit more civilized. I won't give us too much credit for that because certainly putting your knee on somebody's neck until they die is definitely not civilized. But when we, we talk about uh, the power of understanding, we, can, we are talking about oneness. We talk about the power of empathy. We're talking about oneness. When we talk about the power of love, we're talking about oneness. When we love someone, you know, we, we really can allow ourselves to see inside their souls. We can rest in that knowledge that we understand them and see them for who they are. And when, if they are a safe person, we get closer and closer to them. And over time, we begin to know them even more. And we, we understand them even better. And over time, we even understand them more and, and can see them even clearer. And so... The, the true loving experience, for example, in a married couple, whether that's a straight couple or a gay couple or a bisexual couple or a transgendered couple, whatever couple that is, it is uh, you can begin over time to really know each other better and the relationship evolves to better and stronger and more knowledge and better and stronger and more knowledge of each other. Why? Because we're one with each other. 
That's why. And that never, ever goes away, even when we die. It never goes away. We don't stop being one when we die. There's no separation. There is no such thing as separation. It doesn't exist. That's all an illusion. And we are here to undo that illusion. We are here to fully experiment with the idea that we are not one with the divine and we're not one with each other. And we have to experiment with that completely and totally before we finally figure out that, yes, we are one. We always have been. And that experiment has to be complete in order for us to move on to the next stage of our development where form and formlessness will be one. Where form will understand itself as formlessness and formlessness will understand itself as form. Now we think of those as entirely different things. And so the body is separate from the mind. The body is is just a thing. And when we die, we leave it here and we go on and live in the soul, if you even believe that we go on. And um, and, and so we, we don't believe that, that there is a oneness there. So when we're when we're thinking in terms of oneness, what we have to understand is that, that idea that we can live in an illusion, but it also is not the truth. It is That illusion tells us a lie. That illusion tells us things that aren't true about who we are. And we have lived in that illusion since the beginning of our creation. And we will live in that illusion until we finally begin to see that it's false. It's not true. And there are many people in America right now and many people across the world who are coming to believe that, who are coming to understand that there is no such thing as separation and that we have the power to offer transformation to everyone else on this planet. We all have that power. Each one of us has that power. And so I offer transformation to everyone on the planet, including Mr. Trump, every day. And... um, he may accept that offer. He may turn it down. That's up to him. But but I offer it. And so, because I'm one with him and I'm one with everyone else. And um, that oneness means that I love Mr. Trump. When we hate, we believe in, one, in division. When we hate, and there are just as many people who hate Mr. Trump as there are people who, who are haters of uh, Biden fans or people that are not racist or people that are not homophobic or people that are not misogynistic. There's hate on both sides. And we need to admit that to ourselves and stop telling ourselves there's only hate on one side of this. The people on on one side of this equation very often accuse only the others of having hate. But there's hate on both sides and we need to admit that. So, But hate is only... Love confused, love wounded, love confused. I can't hate you unless I'm confused about who you are and who I am. I can't hate you unless I am so blinded to our oneness that I can't see you as anything other than somebody who threatens me in some kind of way. Hate is love wounded, love confused. That's all the hate is because the energy of everything ultimately falls down to love. The energy of everything ultimately falls down to love. So even if I hurt you, which I hope I never do, but even if I hurt you, ultimately that is me giving you a gift so that you can find yourself in a different way. 
Now, that's a skewed way of looking at that, right? That sounds pretty crazy, right? Um, but uh, the, the great leaders of the world who have, have, have uh, been through their own torment and come out of it and have taught us understanding about spirituality understand that, um, that, that maybe you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. That's what happened to Joseph in the uh, Old Testament of the Christian Bible and the Tanakh of the Jewish Bible. The story of Joseph is that his brothers beat him up and left him in a well, and some other people came by and bought him, um, got him and sold him into slavery in Egypt, and he was later put in jail in Egypt for false accusation, and then he was called out of the jail by the king who thought that he might be able to interpret his dream. And from there, he was made second in command because the dream was turned out, the interpretation turned out to be very true, and it saved the country from famine. And then finally, his brothers came to Egypt as well, and uh, he met up with them eventually, and he said, uh, he finally forgave them uh, in a meeting and said, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And that is the ultimate energy of oneness. It is always meant for good. So no matter what happens to us, there is also simultaneously to that event happening a loving act that is meant to help us grow into who we are. Joseph grew into who he was. He had a dream early in life about who he actually was. And later he became that dream. And so what what we see there is a story of, of the manifestation of love, of oneness, that, that the brothers and he were actually one, and even though the brothers were cruel to him, they were actually giving him a gift of love. So even in his pain, even in his trauma, he was being loved by spirit and being allowed to grow into who he was because of his very pain. So there is oneness even there. There's oneness in everything. There is no place where there's not oneness. There's no event no circumstance, no poverty, no wealth, no race, no religion, no uh, gender difference, no difference at all that can keep us from our oneness. For we are one. All people are one. All things are one. And we're going to talk in just a minute after the break about how that oneness is even found in division, although we've mentioned that briefly now. We're going to talk about that some more, and then we're going to talk about how we can get back to oneness. So we're going to say some more about all of that right after the break. Stay tuned for more. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Take a closer look at yourself in the present. Your body has its own GPS system designed to help you follow your intuition, align your thoughts, and set your own course. Host Dee Lee is here to be your external guide to this discovery. Take a break, a mindful space to pause, and help bring forth the balance that your life deserves. Listen live for Mindful Space to Pause every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and entertained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listen for our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with our host, Cynthia Bryan. Then on Sundays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, Teens Talk and the World Listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Play with us at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com and the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now toll-free. 1-888-346-9141 That's 1-888-346-9141 You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at AndreaMatthews.com Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back talking today about the oneness that can be found in our very division. And uh, what we've said so far is that our division is made up of, uh, of the duality trance state that originated eons ago when we were first created. And that the, the duality trance state is made up of a belief that we are separate from the divine and separate from all other things and that we're here alone and we have to struggle alone and figure ourselves out alone. If we do that right, then we're good people. And if we don't do that right, then we're bad people. And there's some kind of punishment to come, whether it's karma or hell or something like that. So that's, that's our duality belief. The, the truth is, and what we said the second segment was, that we are all one and that there is no way to separate us, that we cannot be separated from each other or from the universe at all. It's not possible because we are made up of the matter, the very matter that is the energy of the divine. And uh, that energy is an intelligence that makes up every little piece of our of matter and every little element of our flesh and blood and bones and we are one with that uh, at all times and cannot be separated so we've described our separation and we've described our oneness now what we want to talk about is how we can find that oneness in even in our division well the first thing we can do with that as we look inside and find our own oneness is we also can find our own shadow we can look inside and begin to become conscious of our own, the ways that we project our stuff onto other people. So we say that um, only racists have hate. Well, if you hate the racists for having hate, then you're, they're, they are your shadow. They represent your shadow. So, you know, if we hate racism... That's, that's shadow material. And we look at that and say, okay, well, that's me hating instead of me loving. That's me not being one. That's me dividing. And so when we, when we look at that, we have to begin to understand that the truth of our nature is oneness and the lie is that we are divided. But we can look at that through by, by looking at how we feel about other people how we feel about other people can represent our shadow. Uh, it could represent our consciousness of divine energy, or it could represent our shadow, which is a place where we go for division. 
And so when we uh, when we see a person of the black race and we hate that person, what we're hating is a part a part of our own shadow. We all have uh, the different races within us. We dream about them at night. We dream about black people. White people dream about black people, and black people dream about white people because they are representative of archetypes in our own consciousness. Um, the same is true of brown people and Asian people and Middle Eastern people and people of all nations. It, it is true that we dream about each other because we invite each other into our consciousness by making our, those images into archetypes. And, and so we, those archetypes are meaningful to our own consciousness if, as we begin to wake up to them. So if, if I hate you, then you represent a part of my shadow. And I can become conscious of that shadow by, by looking at my hatred of you and, and sitting with it and letting it talk to me and sussing out its meaning so that I begin to understand that, oh, I am one with that feeling. I am one with you. You and I are, are trying to talk about the same thing. You're trying to make me more conscious. The big feelings that we have that come up inside of us are trying to help us to become more conscious. And those feelings can be very informative if we sit with them and let them talk to us. Let us inform. Uh, let them inform us of what 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 really what they really need from us. So when hate comes up, hate's a big old nasty feeling, and it's trying to make you conscious. It's not trying to tell you anything at all about that other person. It's trying to tell you about you. That's it. And so you can sit with your hate if you can stand it. You can sit with your hate. And you can say to yourself, what is this hate trying to tell me? Well, very often it's trying to tell you that you're afraid. You're afraid that um, black, maybe black persons are going to take things from you. Or you're afraid because your mother and father taught you that black people were bad. Or you're afraid that someone of a different religion might need to be considered. And we don't want to think about that because it's too scary and I might have to go to hell if I start thinking about your religion and considering whether or not it's possible that you might also have some valid beliefs. This might be fear. Your hatred might really be fear. That's why they call it homophobia when they talk about your hatred of people of other sexual orientations. When, they, when they're talking about that, they're telling you that you actually have a fear of people of other sexual orientations because, why? Because you're afraid of your own shadow. Because you're afraid of your own homosexual and bisexual feelings. Because you don't necessarily want to know that we all have those feelings on some degree. That's why they've come to understand that sexuality runs on a spectrum where there's not just straight and gay. There's all these configurations between that where people can have be straight be fall in love with people of the same sex i mean of the of a different sex and yet still have pretty powerful feelings for people of the same sex and maybe sometimes even sexual feelings people can have had relationships with people of of the same sex 
and then eventually marry someone of a different sex. People can have all kinds of variant degrees of sexual orientation, and that is okay. That's how we were born, and that's who we are as a species. But people are scared of knowing that, so they try to criticize and hate people of various sexual orientations. I found out today that the Pope has said that he wants to encourage and allow gay marriages. He says that people that are gay deserve to have families just like everyone else, and why shouldn't they get married? Now, that is not a quote from him, so don't quote me on that, but that's basically what he said. I am so glad that he did that because what he's saying is that there is no difference between gay people, bisexual people, transgender people, and uh, other people. We're all the same. We're all just people, and we're all one with each other. So beginning the process of finding your oneness in division is by looking at your own shadow material. If you hate someone else or you find them disgusting or, you know, somehow separate, you can't be around them, there's some kind of shadow of yourself that you're finding in them. Now, I'm not saying it's black and white, that you can really discern it that clearly, that, that, um, that, that it's something that you can just easily go, oh, well, that's it. But I am saying if you sit with it, if you sit with that, that hate, you might find something else under it that is pushing you to hate so that you can feel separate, so that you can feel safe, or that you can feel superior, or that you can feel something that is actually just a part of your shadow material. And so finding our own shadows and taking responsibility for those is part of how we're going to find oneness in our division. Um, The other thing we need to understand is that this is all an inside job. This is an inside job. That's why nobody external to us can save the country. I do hope that we will elect a president and vice president who will change this dynamic of division and offer us an understanding of ourselves as one with each other. And I do think that can happen in the next couple of weeks, and I hope that everyone will get out and vote to facilitate that. But I, I, but I don't think that they have all the power. I think that this is an individual matter for every person on the planet that... Um, that we are all, each one of us and all of us are going to have to get take responsibility for our own shadow material. That we're going to have to look inside and see what's really going on in there and own it so that we can take responsibility for it instead of projecting it onto other people. Here's what I believe happened with Hitler. Hitler was a little man who was filled with a lot of bitterness and anxiety and possibly even psychosis. Um, what he what he wanted as a singular person was nothing compared to what he was able to do with the masses. He was able to influence the masses because we are one with each other, but also because what, what happened was the masses projected onto him all their power to accomplish what they wanted. What they wanted was to get rid of the Jews who they thought were responsible for the loss of the last war. And so they wanted to get rid of them. And here he was saying they were responsible. And he thought they thought that he was going to get rid of them and save, our, save Germany from shame, further shame, 
And they just projected all that onto him. And he picked up that projection and carried around and tried to act it out for them. So anytime you project all of your power, a mass of people project all their power onto one person, that person is going to have to project that same feeling onto another mass of people. And that's what happened. And that's what will happen in America if we keep going the way we are. But we don't have to keep going the way we are. We can begin to take responsibility for our own shadows. We can begin to come back into the oneness that we, is the truth of who we are. We can begin to establish the nation that we said we were establishing over 200 years ago when we wrote the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution several years later. And we said that all men were created equal. And we said that all people would be treated equally. And then we had to write that into the Constitution through uh, the Bill of Rights later, much later, because we still hadn't really nailed that thing down. We still hadn't really said, oh, no, wait a minute. Black people can vote, too, because they're equal to us. Oh, wait a minute. Women can vote, too, because they're equal to us. We are still struggling with equal pay for women. We're still struggling for, with human rights for black people and brown people and Asian people. We're still struggling with these issues. Over 200 years later, when we established America on the principle that all men were created equal, we can come to that new, uh, new but old awareness of who we are as a nation. We can bring that back. But each one of you who are listening is responsible for your own shadow material. Each one of you. I am responsible for my shadow material, and you are responsible for yours. And if you look at it, if you really try to incorporate it and integrate it, you will change your world. might not be the whole world, but you will change your world because you will be a person in that world who's fully conscious, and that will make you into a light, and you will be able to draw other people to that light because you are one with those other people. That's how we change the world, one person at a time. And so I hope that each one of you will vote and I hope that you will be able to bring, we will be able to bring new, new leadership to this country because we desperately need it. But I also hope that you will take responsibility for your own shadow material and that you will recognize your oneness through meditation, through the power of prayer, through your complete understanding of who you are as a, a divine being who's struggling with a human existence. Those things can help you manifest as who you actually are. And if you recognize yourself as a divine being, which means you're one with the divine, that has not been left behind. Remember that Jesus said uh, that we were one with the divine. Jesus said that. And he was quoting Old Testament material from Psalms that said that we were also one with the divine. And so if Jesus can say it to fundamentalist evangelical Christians, it must be true for all of us. So, uh, that's the truth of who we are. I want to remind you that next week we're going to be talking to Caroline Mice. So you want to be here for that. She's going to be talking about her new book on prayer. I'm real excited about that. The book is a very vulnerable book. It's a very open book. It's a very self-exploratory book. And I'm really interested in interviewing her about that. I'm excited about the interview. So you want to be here for that. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific Time 
4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll talk again next week.